Check out award-winning Johnson & Boone Solicitor's unique product, Legal Guard. Ideal for businesses and individuals, Legal Guard ensures you get the legal help you need when you need it. Packages start from just £24 a month and include free expert advice, access to a library of legal documents, as well as exclusive discounts on a range of services. For more information, visit johnsonandboone.co.uk forward slash legal guard and quote the code FITCHESH. You're listening to Johnson & Boone Solicitors podcast exclusively on the pod station. Welcome to episode three of the Johnson & Boone podcast. My name's Mark. Uh, with me, as is always the case at the moment, is Rob Boone. And when I say with me, we obviously mean via the internet, bearing in mind we're social distancing still, Rob. Uh, how are you holding up with social distancing? And is it isolation, lockdown? What do we call it these days? Well, I think it's isolation, Mark, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Last time we covered um, some commercial advice, what is it we're going to be covering today, Rob? Yeah, so last time we were speaking about businesses generally and the effect that all of the the current epidemics having on businesses, and we covered a, a wide range of the problems and, and possibly some solutions in terms of what people need to be thinking about. This week we're going to talk specifically about shareholders' agreements, uh, and we're going to screw down a little bit more in terms of what they might include and, and why limited companies need them. Okay, it's a bit more of a boil down of what we touched on last week, really, isn't it, with the shareholders agreement? I should quickly say that you can obviously catch this show that there's been two previous episodes so far. So we've had one on landlord and tenant matters, and we've had one on commercial. Uh, you can check those out. Um, you can go to the Johnson & Boone website where you will actually find a podcast uh, link and it'll show you all the previous shows you can get them on the major podcast platforms so you apple google spotify uh, just to name a few you can also actually listen to the show if you download the free uh, johnson and boo mobile app which you can get it on apple and on android app stores so that's really useful there's a whole host of other reasons why you might want to get the uh, the mobile app rob isn't there yeah, there is. So if you use the mobile app, you can see all of our articles that are on there. Um, if you want to book in any appointments, then you can access any of our solicitors' diaries and, and pick a slot straight in. So it saves you having to get on the phone to the office. Uh, most of our team are working remotely now. So you can you can pick a slot in their diary and, and then they'll call you from wherever they are. Just have to do it between, what, Jeremy Kyle and the 12 o'clock news? Yeah, somewhere there. <laughs> okay, well, with the, the the topic we're going to cover today, is this more of a general overview of this sort of area? Or is there a, a particular reason why you mention it at this point, given that we are still for timestamp purposes in the midst of the pandemic that is the coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, the reason for doing it at this stage is there's going to be lots of people and shareholders involved in companies who are unable to work at the moment. Um, so they might be isolating or there'll be some sort of closure of the business, maybe temporarily. But either way, they'll have a little bit more um, time on their hands at this moment in time, maybe to reflect on the company, reflect on things that they've always intended to put in place, but maybe never had time. 
and fairly high on that list is is often a shareholders agreement so we thought it would be useful to remind everyone why they need one uh, what sort of issues they include and uh, just maybe bring it back to the forefront of their mind okay so i guess we'll start with the basics which is what is a shareholders agreement yeah absolutely well a, a shareholders agreement is an agreement between the shareholders of a limited company and it, it sets out the party's rights and obligations um, a well-drafted shareholder agreement will include lots of different clauses it's a, it's, a, it's a fairly lengthy document and those clauses will be designed to uh, pr- provide protection for the shareholders but also give the directors the scope to deal with the company day-to-day decisions and, and, and run the company I- You've mentioned their directors. What is the difference between a shareholder and a director? Because quite often they are one and the same, but there are occasions, certainly with bigger companies, where there is a distinct difference between the two. Yeah, you're spot on. In in smaller companies, um, you tend to find that the shareholders and directors are the same individuals, uh, but they are separate roles. So a shareholder is the owner of a company. They, ho- they own a designated amount of the the share capital of a company. They might not necessarily have any involvement in the day-to-day decisions. A director is appointed to run the company, so they're involved with any day-to-day decision-making. And then when it comes to something a bit more important or a bit more um, long-lasting in terms of a decision for the company, it'll go back to the shareholders for them to make a decision on. So this kind of agreement is very much about protecting your investment as an owner of the business. It is, yeah. I mean, it it does lots and lots of things. You know, um, many businesses are disrupted and and derailed every year because of internal disputes um, between shareholders. So the main purpose of a shareholders agreement is to uh, avoid any mixed-matched expectations in terms of how a whole host of issues will be dealt with if they were to arise. Um, If it's drafted correctly um, and, and the shareholders are guided through the correct procedure when the drafting is going to take place, it should really account for every eventuality uh, and that should significantly limit at any later date um, any disputes arising. So what type of issues are covered inside of these agreements? Well, as I say, a shareholders agreement is a a fairly lengthy document in most cases. Um, Before drafting starts, the business is normally taken through a fairly extensive list of questions and there'll be extensive discussions with whichever legal representative is is going to draft it for them. Um, It's worth pausing there to say it it is worth getting it professionally drafted. You can get templates offline and things, but they're they're nowhere near as good as as having it done on a bespoke basis for your company. Um, As a basic outline, um, they will always include um, sort of confirmation as to the business activities of the company. So what sort of business is it that the company does? They'll include things like shareholder obligations. There'll be a dividend, a policy. Um, importantly, they'll always um, say what will happen in relation to the transfer or sale of shares. And often there'll be sort of preemption rights that will be, will be built in. Um, but the process also makes people think about issues such as what would happen if one of the shareholders dies and what happens to their shares. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a good reflection point as well to make sure that everyone is, is on the same page. One of the things that I, I've 
particularly come across in my time is the consent aspect and the clear definition of what powers, what responsibilities a shareholder has. It's quite often easy when you've got more than one shareholder um, that one can go off and do something either without the other shareholder's knowledge or agreement, and that can land them in trouble, whether it be taking out loans, um, making personal guarantees, that kind of thing. Um, I assume agreements like that are quite important to resolve those sorts of disputes. Yeah, there's lots of things within a shareholder's agreement that it it will be agreed upon that a certain percentage of the shareholders need to agree on before it would take place. So a common list would be things like the, the issue or allotment of new shares, if they were changing the name or the registered office of the company, um, a material change in the type of business, as you say, anything which sort of ties the, the company into a large lending or a new lease, all of those sorts of things would be things that, generally speaking, would need a, a good proportion of shareholder approval. But certainly they'd be things that would be reserved away from directors making the decision. Is it worth us explaining? I say us. I'm going to leave that for you <laughs> as the expert. Is it worth us explaining a bit more about what shares actually are? Because certainly if you're setting up a limited company, quite often there's now online uh, there's online facilities that allow you to quite easily set up limited companies and there's standard fields and questions where you can just throw in the odd name and throw in a number of shares and throw in a value to those shares and it kind of means nothing because the business is nothing at that stage. Um, but I presume there is a, a, a level of importance, A, to the value of those shares and B, to how they are divvied up even from the outset. Yeah, there is. Uh, on a foundation level, when when a, a company is formed, there will always be at least one share. So you can form a limited company on your own, albeit it's quite unusual. Um, a, a secondary basic startup position would be two people who may, if they wished, have formed a partnership instead. Uh, but the two of them have decided to proceed as a limited company and as a variety of reasons why they might do that in, in, instead of trading as a partnership. They will have often a 50-50 a split in shares. So a designated number of shares will be allotted and often it's a company's accountant who will set up the um, the structure of the company at the start. And then with the amount of shares are the issued share capital of the company and they're divided between the two parties. And that can either be equally, which is is commonly the case, or it can be in whatever proportion they want. Uh, and sometimes it differs because it might be that, that one party is is putting more money in than another party, for example. So these are things that will should be re- regularly reviewed and adjusted as the business goes through its lifespan? Yeah, I, I, it's something that is adjusted um, at the point that there's any material change. So if any new shares are going to be allotted or if, if one shareholder is going to buy some shares off a different shareholder or something like that, it would be reviewed at that stage. Uh, it might also be reviewed if there's a situation where a class of share is going to change. Um, so most shares are class A, but there are other uh, arrangements in which you can have a class B share, for example, um, and that might be for the purpose of declaring a different type of dividend for someone who's who's less involved. Okay, so how are shares transferred and sold then? 
on a on a basic level, shares are transferred and sold at a company's house. So you file paperwork at company's house that, that changes the owner of the share. Uh, but that's very much the the end of the process. Before that takes place, they obviously you have to have a buyer for the shares. That will either be an existing shareholder or it might be a new shareholder that is is coming through. And there'll always be a, a share purchase agreement that just sort of records what's been agreed um, and, and the arrangement that's going to be in place. What there will always be is there will always be a share purchase agreement in place as well. And that will record the agreements between the parties in relation to the transfer or share or sale of those shares um, and then if there's an existing shareholders agreement as well then there'll be a deed of adherence for any new shareholders that are going to um, effectively join the party and you mentioned preemption rights earlier what, what do you mean yeah a preemption right or preemption rights are shareholders rights of first refusal over the issued share capital in a company uh, or the right of first refusal over um, the transfer of those shares. So if new shares are going to be allocated or if an existing shareholder is going to transfer shares, the existing shareholders, i.e. the ones that aren't going to transfer those shares, will get a right of first refusal. So before they can offer those shares to a third party, they have to offer them to the existing members um, on the same deal. And that has to be something that's quite important if, if a shareholder dies. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's often um, drafted in separately what the arrangement will be if a shareholder dies. It's, it's something which, you know, it, it can be quite emotional for parties to think about what would happen in that eventuality. Um, and it's something that the companies regularly just don't think about. But the issues need to be, especially, you know, depending upon what industry you're talking about, is it um, is it going to work for those shares to pass, even if it is the party's wishes, to their next of kin or whoever they're, they're nominated for within a, a will? Or does it really make more sense for them to be purchased by the existing shareholders and the funds be transferred over to the estate upon death? Um, so it is something that needs to be thought about very carefully uh, and then it needs to be drafted correctly within the agreement. You also need to take some consideration of how the shares will be valued at that point as well. So it might be a company accountant is going to value them or it might be agreed that it's it's going to be an independent expert. It's quite a complex scenario that. If there's the shares pass to the estate, how does the day-to-day running of a company work? Because presumably the people who are either managing the estates for the purposes of dis- distributing it to the beneficiaries or the, the family themselves aren't necessarily going to have any involvement in the running of the company just because all of a sudden they've inherited shares. It is. It, it's something that the parties need to consider very carefully. I mean, whoever um, has, has sadly passed away is is obviously no longer going to be a director. So in terms of the day-to-day running of the business, that would then fall to the other directors. Um, but it is something that needs to be managed very carefully, what's going to happen to their shareholding and then what power that is potentially going to give to whoever receives their shares if there isn't some sort of um, pre-agreed mechanism in which those shares can be bought by the existing members. Do you have a passion, hobby or expertise and want to share it with the world? Why not do a podcast? 
The pod station offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. What about key decisions then? Because uh, going back to the the analogy I've just given, somebody's got no experience, no knowledge of the workings of a company, but now have shares, but there's some very important decisions that perhaps require those attributes what's going to happen it's more a case of the key decisions will always fall back to the shareholders for them to vote on so um, a director might uh, bring to the attention of the members that a decision needs to be made or it could be the the shareholders themselves already know that a decision needs to be made Um, it would normally be one of the issues which is listed within the shareholders agreement as requiring shareholder consent. The shareholders will then hold a meeting, they'll vote on what should happen and then provided that the sufficient percentage of shareholders agree in favour of whatever it is that's being voted upon, that action can then proceed. Now what you're describing here is very much what a shareholders agreement will, will deal with. I guess one of the things we're trying to highlight here for those people who perhaps don't have a shareholders agreement is the enormous amount of mess that will be created by not having one in place to deal with these sorts of scenarios because you're saying that if there is a a vote to be made on a key issue and there is an equal number of shares between the existing shareholder who's working within the business and the people who have inherited the shares through an estate... Uh, they've got the same voting rights and the ability to block you in doing something which might be intrinsic to the ongoing health of the company, but they don't either agree or understand it. Yeah, that's right. So such situation is is referred to as deadlock. Um, it happens commonly when, for example, there's two directors and two shareholders. They're both the same people. They both own 50% of the company, they both have exactly the same voting rights, but there's a key decision that just can't be made. Um, This can be really damaging to the company, depending upon, you know, to to what extent the relationship falls down. And the company in certain situations can virtually grind into a halt um, until it's resolved. Um, If it can't be resolved, then ultimately it, it can lead to the demise of the company entirely. When there is going to be a situation where there are two equal shareholders that needs to be thought about at the start and and ideally something needs to be drafted into the shareholders agreements that would give a mechanism for sorting out such a dispute so there's there's a few options really i I mean just to sort of cover a few it could be that you appoint a non-executive director um, and they would get a vote to help uh, resolve a situation it could be that you issue a different a lower class of share entirely to a professional such as an accountant or a financial advisor. That specific class of share would only carry voting rights. It wouldn't carry any rights in relation to dividends or ownerships. But again, it would help in, in terms of um, resolving a dispute at that point. 
it could also be that um, something is is built in that if it's appropriate, um, expert advice is sought on a particular point. It really just depends on what industry they're in, what types of disputes they're likely to end up in. Uh, but it's certainly something that every every company needs to get advice on um, at the point that they're drafting. Can you give me some examples of cases you've had to deal with uh, where there hasn't been a shareholders agreement in place and the, what sort of problems you've had to help them resolve as a result of that shareholders agreement not being there? Yeah, I mean, in terms of companies, you know, disputes are common internally in terms of how things will work. And often there's disputes that arise um, around the change in a classification of share, for example. The most sort of painful ones have centered around disputes that have occurred when the death of a shareholder has taken place. So we've discussed the issues that should be covered, but obviously that's an extremely you know, emotional time for everyone that's involved. And then in addition to, you know, the emotional side of, of the loss, you've also then got a dispute which centers around what's then going to happy with, happen with their shareholding in the company. Um, a common one is also around the um, declaring of, of dividends. So obviously a, a shareholders agreement will have a dividend policy. Um, and that just ensures that everyone's got the same expectations in terms of, when dividends are going to be declared um, and at what level they can be expected or minimum level they can be expected. What about the circumstances we find ourselves in now with the coronavirus and the the economic situation? What kind of issues either have you come across or might you expect to come across? I think the one that probably stands out is lots of businesses at the moment are going to have to do a bit of a U-turn in in relation to the business activities that they normally carry out or or certainly how they carry them out. So if there isn't anything written in a shareholders agreement that defines the activities of a business and what it is they do, then there'd be no requirement really for the parties to reach any agreement if that was going to be changed. Once it's encapsulated within a shareholders agreement, and it's identified as a key decision, then any substantial change in the operations of the business in that regard would have to be approved by all. So I haven't seen it yet as an example, but I think in in time to come, certainly later this year, we may start to see some disputes in in terms of if, if businesses have changed direction, maybe with or without the approval or even knowledge of all of the shareholders. So when should a business put a shareholders agreement in place? The best advice has to be that really day one. So ideally before a business has even started operating or trading, they put a shareholders agreement in place. In reality, that doesn't generally happen because when people are starting a a company, they're not really excited about sitting down with the likes of me and and putting pen to paper in relation to how... You put yourself down. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's a reality, Mark. Most people, you know, they're focused on the excitement of getting a business going, what they're going to do. They're focusing on the, all the things that they're good at, you know, the the reason why they've started the company. It's only really later on when, you know, the company starts making uh, substantial amounts. Um, maybe the time of people is stretched across different things that disputes will come in. So if you haven't got one in place early doors, as soon as you've sort of steadied the ship and you've got a little bit of time and you're able to focus upon the structure of the company, that's certainly the time to put it in. 
if you're well beyond that point, it's never too late. Um, but you always want a shareholders agreement to be in place before any disputes arise, because if you're trying to put one in place after the disputes arise, you can imagine the the problems that that causes. Yeah, it's uh, it's very definitely something that should always be in place, really, shouldn't it? Whether whether your business is doing well or not, if if only to to clarify where everybody stands. Yeah, I mean, I think it's at a time like this when, as we mentioned earlier on, there's going to be a little bit of downtime maybe for, for shareholders and directors. It's worth, you know, having a think of, of what your structure is like and are there any weaknesses in, in what you haven't got. So, you know, have all your staff got employment contracts, for example? Have the directors got a director's agreement? Um, is there a shareholder's agreement? So it's a time that you can reflect back um, because you might have a little bit of time at the moment to do so. Now, you actually have, have put in place quite a unique offer uh, that will hopefully either encourage businesses to get a shareholder's agreement in place or to perhaps make it more viable if, if cash is a little bit tight at the minute. Yeah, so what we have tried to do is appreciate that at the moment businesses might have the time that they need to put the documents in place but they might be a little bit concerned in terms of the outlay um, and, and placing the instruction at this point. So what we're doing is, is we are um, either giving businesses 30% off the cost of a normal shareholders agreement if they do have the ability to pay upfront now or standard pricing, but with the option to pay over six months. So hopefully it just gives them a little bit more flexibility to do what they need to do at a time when hopefully they have some time to do it. Okay, and if somebody wants to take you up on that offer or to get some more information, how do they get in touch with you? They just get in touch with us via any of the normal channels. So they can email us at info at johnsonandboon.co.uk. They can call us on 0151 637 2034. Um, They can download our app and they could book an appointment via our app uh, or they could uh, look us up on any of our social media channels and drop us a message. Yeah, it's quite important to stress how unique and and useful the mobile app is. You previously mentioned, of course, the the likes of the articles, the podcast, the booking system. It has a list of all the services that you offer as well. Uh, We should also mention Legal Guard as well, uh, because if you're a member of Legal Guard, which is a membership scheme, um, you can get access to all of the facilities on there as well, can't you, through the app? Yeah, you can. If you're a member of Legal Guard, then you get access to a, a whole host of things and you'd also get um, a further 20% off using your Legal Guard membership at the moment of the drafting. Um, and also, you know, if we're talking about a time of reflection and looking over your documents, there's lots and lots of documents that are downloadable from the Legal Library um, section on the Legal Guard membership. Um, so businesses might be taking advantage of that at the moment. So you can actually do a full overhaul of your documents for what's what's the starting price uh, for the legal guard membership? For business membership, it's forty pounds a month, including VAT, um, which we've priced it at that, so it's nice and affordable, um, and it it shouldn't leave too much of a sting in in anybody's pocket. We should mention there's a full host of benefits you get from that. There's quite a, a, a huge amount in. in my- quite a huge amount of discounts you get off the standard services you get some free legal assistance each month uh, you get access to the legal library which has a whole range of legal documents things like contracts of employment and the like 
uh, standard letters that you can use for the general um, improvement of your business management documents. So it's well worth checking it out. If you if you go to johnsonandboon.co.uk forward slash legal guide, you can get all the information from there. You can also be a member of the referral scheme, can't you? So you can actually get paid, so you can claw back the cost of your subscription by introducing new people to the scheme. Yeah, you can. All the information is, as you say, on the Legal Guard pages of the website. Um, once you are a member, yeah, you can. You can introduce people over to us. Um, and if they sign up as well, then you can start earning from their membership. Fantastic, Rob. Well, I think we've we've rather comprehensively covered uh, shareholders' agreements, or so far as you can in a, in a podcast. Yeah, I think we have. Um, I hope it's been useful for everyone. Fantastic. And uh, what is it that we're going to be covering next time? Next time, we're going to be discussing disputes um, and litigation. It's, it's it's not exactly a happy chippy topic, but it is something that I think people will want to know about at the moment. Um, there's certainly going to be a lot of disputes off the back of what's going on at the moment in, in terms of um, the business interruption that many businesses are having. Um, and I think it would just be helpful for people to have a little bit of an insight in terms of how all that works and maybe even how the dispute can be resolved as opposed to taking it any further. Absolutely, absolutely well said. Well, uh, that's fantastic. If you want to check us out on social media, it's Johnson and Boone. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, hopefully, you found it useful, guys. We'll catch you next time. Thank you very much for your time, Rob. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure as always. See you later, guys. Get social at Johnson and Boone on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.